Thank you for joining us for the Five Questions in Five-Minute Podcast. On this edition, I'm excited to welcome a friend, a colleague, who is one of our country's leading social entrepreneurs and innovators in community development and financial inclusion. He is the CEO of Sunrise Bank, of which their mission is to be the most innovative bank empowering financial wellness. And he's also the chair of the Global Alliance for Banking on Values. And for fun, he's an adventure destination world traveler. I can think of no other human I would rather spend a day filling a blank whiteboard with creative ideas. Did I mention he's an incredibly kind, humble, good human person? David Riling, thank you for agreeing to be on Five Questions in Five Minutes. Well, Bishop Pryor, uh, also known as my favorite <laughs> bishop, it is so fantastic to be with you today. Uh, how about that? I think everybody wants to like, I want to hang out with this guy now. All right. So here, friend, let's start with this question. Where did you grow up and what is a risk-taking thing you did as a kid? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And, you know, the risk-taking thing that came about is my mother was constantly kicking me out of the house, not for anything necessarily that I did, other than I needed to burn off some energy and, and get outside. And so uh, maybe my adventure travel was born here. Uh, I would go explore everywhere around. So I learned how to take a bus at a very early age uh, just because I could go further. <laughs> and uh, I had friends who loved to play sports, uh, anything outside um, that we could get our hands on, winter, summer, fall, spring. And so uh, the adventure was never ending with, with friends from the neighborhood, uh, but also that spirit of, gosh, I wonder what lies just beyond the neighborhood or beyond the next block was, was always of interest. Yes, uh, your mother and my mother were cut out of the same cloth. Go outside now. <laughs> Go exactly. outside now. <laughs> yeah. All right, question number two. What was your first job? What did you like about it, dislike, and what did you learn from it? Oh, my first job, I can remember this really clearly. So I, my uncle was in the construction business, and on one of his job sites, uh, my first job was laying the sod, the grass, uh, at the end of the project. And it was uh, muddy and dirty because I just remember it was raining at the time. And I got into some trouble with my parents because I ruined a pair of tennis shoes that I had, even though it was my only pair of shoes. And uh, so uh, the thing I liked about it is, you know, I really liked getting that paycheck. I, I really liked the idea of making money and, and having had to work for it. Um, but I have to tell you the, the learning that came out of it, and it was really from my father, uh, and he was probably encouraging me to study in this comment that he made. He said, you know, the, the being in a labor job is, is good. You work a number of hours and you get paid for your hours. Uh, hard work, honest day's wage, perfect. He goes, but if you study a little bit more, you may be able to own the company, and then what you make is unlimited as opposed to just the amount of time that you put in. And I started that, that lesson, um, which I think was founded in, David, you should study a little bit more, is uh, always stuck with me as to, wow, the, the creative brain can be super valuable, and it's not necessarily bound by uh, the, the regular time system that we're in. So very, that lesson always stuck with me, but came from the first job of laying some muddy, dirty sod, but it was fun. Yes, and I can see that in, in you in that seed planting moment there. I thought your entrepreneurial brain and that. Um, 
So question number three, what is your criteria for deciding where or what your next adventure is going to be? Oh, wow. Um, so the criteria, there are a couple depending on the situation. And so, first of all, I would say uh, the criteria on a big, it's either a vacation or it's a trip. Uh, so a vacation is what you mean. You're going to lay around. You're not going to do much. Uh, you're going to hang out uh, likely on some um, beach and go surfing and, and just in, enjoy the place and space that you're in there. A trip, however, is you're going to go explore and learn um, and try to find the adventure and, and really try to immerse yourself into some places. And so um, then it comes down to uh, am I traveling with uh, my wife and kids, the family, which is absolutely a blast, and my kids, uh, more so even than my wife, has they become interested in going to new places and, and really understanding the culture and the more different the culture is the better. And so that uh, has a certain attraction to it as to uh, where we travel. Um, I actually in three days have a trip with my entrepreneurial buddies and we'll be visiting Colombia. Uh, and this will be my 55th country. And so part of this criteria is I have a goal of getting to 100 com- countries, uh, certainly before I die, but would really like to do it in the next 25 years. So I kind of have to get on my horse in terms of I've been uh, to 54. The next uh, set of countries is not as easy as the first 50, if you will. So I need to be very intentional about uh, adventure and uh, where, I'm, where I'm heading. And I'll tell you, there's one thing about uh, the trips that I always come back and assess, you know, where did we go and what did we do, um, which seems to ring true. This is kind of the nugget of, of traveling for me is especially in places where I think I'm going to go and I'm going to learn uh, about new cultures and climates and people and food, which, which I always do. Uh, but the fact is, is when I start to reflect back on these trips, well, I think I'm going to learn about these countries. I always end up learning more about myself and the way I do things. And so it's really a self-discovery process more than anything else. And I think the more different the culture and the language and everything else is, the more reflection there is and the more personal growth. And so uh, that, that travel for me is, is just a wonder of discovery, both externally and, and internally. I love that it's both become your, a family thing and a friend thing. And how much it really at the end of the day is what you learn about yourself. That's great. All right. Number four, my friend, who was or is a leader for you and what have you learned from them? Yeah. You know, I'd have to say my father is probably one of the, the most influential and great leaders of, of my life. Um, you know, in some of the things I learned, one is obviously you can, you can work hard and you can accomplish a lot if you really put your mind to it. Um, but he also taught me really the importance of attitude uh, and really that, you know, happiness is a choice. Um, the, the fact is I was amazed as to if you can show up on time with a good attitude and say, please and thank you, you can't believe the amount of doors that open and opportunities that get presented to you just by doing that, by coming with the right attitude, saying please and thank you and being pleasant, 
is over and over again the most powerful, I think, lesson of, of uh, leadership. As a result of that, too, people look to you as to, gosh, why is this person so happy and optimistic about things, um, which I have to say I'm inclined to be overly optimistic on pretty much everything. Um, but again, I, that the power of a good attitude uh, in, in showing up on time is uh, the biggest leader lesson I think I've, I've ever had. But my father was instrumental in that. Um, I, I kind of remember him saying, uh, there was a line, I think that his grand, his mom said to him and my grandmother and my grandmother said, you know, if you would just do your chores and quit complaining about them, they'd be done by now. So <laughs> take on your work. I've heard that. I, I've heard that line. And I would just, I also want to just say your, your positive attitude is so infectious and, uh, for all of us and have been a blessing to me. All right, friend, number five, what would people who really know you Say is your passion. Oh, uh, wow. Um, you know, I think my, my passion or my unique ability uh, is in some way really to inspire people to have a bigger future in an abundant life, um, that you, you, your future is going to be bigger than your past. If it's not, I find that people are really struggling because they're carrying the burden of their past and they're really not continuing to grow and, and build themselves up. And if he could just open up their eyes to how much life and beauty and joy and kindness there actually is in the world, you know, despite what the TV would say, um, you really can live an intentional and a purpose-driven life and really a, a fantastic life. And so I think it's, it's in that particular place where I love to see people, I love to break those paradigms of the past and have people really reimagine what, what can be um, and a lot of times I would say in my business life, uh, in terms of that inspiration is, you know, your business or your job, you can do well and do good at the same time. These, these aren't mutually exclusive, uh, to earn a living and to help society and the environment are, are, you can do all these in one place. Uh, I love those win, win, wins in, in those situations. Um, and so I think it's in, in that space of, uh, inspiration and a, and a bigger, bigger future is yeah, the, the secret sauce that maybe date to Dave a little bit. Mm. Thank you, Brent. So inspiring as always. And thanks for, thanks for being with me today. Uh, and I look forward to more adventures with you in the future. So be well, David Riley. And uh, thanks again for being here. Hey, love to be with you. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks.